We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings Week 12 DraftKings Picks and Preview. If you're out there, smash the like button. Please do that. Also, subscribe to Mayo Media Network. If you're watching this, you might as well subscribe. And in the comment section, give me your single favorite play below $5,000. Any position on the main slate. Because that's what we're talking today. We're talking about the main slate. Uh, As a point of reference, if you're watching the video, the Steelers and Ravens game has been tentatively added to the main slate, making it a 12-game slate right now. They're not reflected in the graphics. uh, We don't want to change them all up because that game still may or may not happen. We don't want to change them one time. Then have to change them back. So just now, we'll be talking about the players, but they are not on the graphics when you're going through them. I know that people get triggered about that, but hey, that's on you, not me figure it out. If this is the thing that makes you angriest in life, you might have to reassess your priorities. I'm not going to lie to you. You live a pretty gravy life. Uh, Happy Thanksgiving to everyone out there. I hope it was a good time. You didn't get into many fights with the family or through Zoom or however you did it, but maybe you want some money on Thanksgiving. That would be fantastic. And we'll try to win some cash on the main slate in week 12 on DraftKings. There's a $10 Millionaire Maker this week as well, plus the Pat Mayo Experience Listeners League. Not quite filled yet. Almost filled. The link is in the description of this video and podcast. You want the cheat sheet Saturday on DKPlaybook.com. Joining me on the line. It's been a while since he's been on the show. We were going to do it every week, and then we decided, you know, this is just it's too stressful to try to do. Chris Meany <laughs> from FDNDaily.com. What's up? What's going on, man? Yeah, it's, as you know, uh, it's this is the the point of the season where it's like, okay, how many how many coffees of am I drinking per day, and how many you know energy drinks do I have in me? So happy to join you, happy to be here and break down the slate, and let's do this thing. Well, it, it made a good combination today. You know, two Canadians talking about this. We can work on Thursdays. It's not that big of a deal. That's right. <laughs> it's just Thursday. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's it's just another day. Although it is my favorite day as a Canadian, just you know, working for American companies, you can kind of put the feet up. Yeah, we do some work on the side and help out the crew at FTN while they sit back and enjoy Thanksgiving with their families. And hopefully, like you said, you know, win some money, win some cash, and all the FTN subs out there and all your followers win some cash as well. But yeah, I mean, I still like this day. It, it you know, it is a little. I'm bummed that there is only two games, but I'll have some fun with it and I'll have some fun on the show with you breaking down the main slate. If you are in need of more Chris Meany in your life, Chris, tell everyone about the daily show. Yeah, just uh, Mean Streets kicking up now and, and just really, like I said, now that we're into week 12 of the NFL season, going to start to turn the page and talk some other sports, you know, get some of the FTN minds on to talk some basketball, turn the page in hockey. And, you know, it's just a, it's a free show. You can listen wherever you want on any platform, but you can also watch on the YouTube page. We're really starting to try to ramp up our YouTube page as well. Thanks to you. Thanks to Benny Richardi, a couple other people over at FTN as well. Just free prize picks. It's absolutely free. So there's no excuse to, to not check out some of the content. Um, you know, head on over there, subscribe and continue to watch Mean Streets. Giving away a Jerry Judy mini sign helmet. I'm just taking the first 50 people. I need like a couple more. So maybe this show will help me out. Subscribe, send that screenshot over meanstreetsftngmail.com and Get yourself in a draw. It's a free uh, mini helmet, Jerry Judy signed. And I'm sure there's a couple Broncos fans out there. I left a review. I forgot to send the screenshot. Nice. I, now I want to win that. So yeah, yeah F- there you go. You're in it. <laughs> FTN on YouTube. Go subscribe to that right now. Also subscribe to Mayo Media Network and subscribe to the audio podcast from Mean Streets, wherever you download podcasts. Become a subscriber too at FTNDaily.com. Hugely discounted right now at the moment because we're... Almost three-fourths through the football season, but it gets you all the way through the NFL playoffs as well. So you get your projections, your ownership projections, all the premium content that's up there. Use code Mayo, get yourself a discount. Running backs on the main slate. Dalvin Cook has finally surpassed the injured Christian McCaffrey as the most expensive player. $9,500. That's into Kamara after that. I'm not talking. Christian McCaffrey might play. He's $9,200, but it's looking like he's not going to play in that same game with Dalvin Cook. So Kamara, Derrick Henry. Josh Jacobs, Nick Chubb, that's your $7,000 and up. And then from $6,000 to $7,000, Mike Davis, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, James Robinson, Ronald Jones, and Alexander Madison, just in case something happens to Dalvin Cook. Regardless of the position this week, meaning whether, I mean, receivers are far more affected by this, but there's just a lot of unknowns because of injuries. There's a game that we don't know if it's going to happen or not. As of Thursday morning, when we're recording this, there's more COVID cases breaking out with the Falcons, with the Browns. Like, there's a lot up in the air. So it's a really difficult slate to actually talk about. But does anyone leap out to you at their price point of the top of these running backs? That is an absolute must play. Uh, I really like Josh Jacobs at seven two. The the thing with Jacobs that sucks is his his involvement through the year. You know, week one he was catching some passes. Like, all right, here we go. Maybe Jacobs will have a season where he catches forty passes. And I mean, it's it's very possible. But I feel like in games that Vegas controls, it's the Josh Jacobs show. I mean, there's two games this year where Vegas played against KC and Derek Carr threw the ball more than we're used to him throwing the ball, but against the Falcons. I don't know if Julio's going to play. They just looked brutal last week. Matt Ryan got sacked a ton. I, I, I really like this Vegas team. I think they're they're very underrated, and I think that they can go into Atlanta in the Dome and can control this game. And usually when they're up in games, Pat, it's it's the Josh Jacobs show. It's it's two guys that you can trust in this offense. 
it's Darren Waller and it's Josh Jacobs. And when they get into these shootout games, it seems like Nelson Aguilar is that guy you can take a shot on as well. But you go look at the games here, the game logs from Jacobs. I mean, game in Carolina where they absolutely smashed and, you know, he, he touched the ball. He had 25 carries and 36 DraftKings points. KC, he was over 20. There was a game against Denver where they absolutely smashed again. He, he touched the ball 25 times and had 32 points. So I'm looking at all the running backs on the slate. And I, I hear you. Like, which guys can you just assume are going to touch the ball 20 times? There's Dalvin Cook, Henry, Chubb, Jacobs. Robinson. I would say Robinson more than Robinson. Chubb. Yeah, absolutely. Every single week, for sure. And Con- but after that. Yeah. Connor's at 6200 bucks. I liked him on the Thursday slate because no one was going to play him. And I doubt anyone's going to play him on the main slate. But it's not like there's only three games. I don't need to use James Conner now. Right. The one thing I've noticed with James Conner is... Big Ben is kind of back towards the Big Ben the last time we saw him in the full year when he led the league in passing yards and passing attempts. And now I'm looking back and I'm seeing him atop all quarterbacks and passing attempts since week five. And over the last two weeks, they've absolutely dominated the two opponents. They play Jacksonville and the Bengals and they crushed them. And Ben still threw the ball 40 plus times in each of those games. They're not really running the rock. I know this is a tougher matchup against Baltimore if that does happen, but... Big Ben's chucking, chucking a ton. And it just, you know, he's got three great wideouts to throw the ball to. So, and you have Benny Snell there, who is, is taking some touchdowns from James Conner, too. So that's my one issue with Conner. But you're right, he is priced down 6,200. It's not a bad spot. It's okay. The The problem here is I think there are enough paid down options at running back this week that you can squeeze Delvin Cook into your lineup and just not worry about it. Even Mike Davis at 6,900 bucks is. I guess Teddy B is going to be back. So I think that actually benefits Mike Davis a little bit, but just let's say you put Dalvin cook into your lineup. So you go from 5,500, 5,500, 55 for each player down to 5,000. So once we just skip this entire level of the 6,000s and like, I'm pretty good with doing that. It, it just seems like an absolute roll of the dice. I like your Jacobs call. He's kind of like mini Derrick Henry right now, except he has a much better matchup this week against Atlanta. But once we get into these $5,000 guys, like Balage popped up on the injury report, it doesn't look like Eckler is going to be back yet, but Buffalo sees a ton of points uh, to running backs, but even lower than that, like we don't know if Miles Gaskin's going to be back against the Jets. He's off IR, but is he going to play? We don't know. Kareem Hunt is the one to me, $5,600. I don't know where this price decrease came from, from him with Chubb still being above 7,000, but Hunt has been the better fantasy player and he's getting all the goal line work over Nick Chubb. That's the guy that you want. (laughs) He is. What was interesting, what I will say about that game when he got those three goal line carries in a row is reportedly Nick Chubb had lost contact and he was on the sidelines. But you're right. Kareem Hunt all year, even to begin the year and even actually last year, I know it's, you know, Stefanski's there and the offense is different. It wasn't kitchens, but even towards the end of last season, Kareem Hunt was getting a lot of the usage in the red zone. So, yeah, I don't understand this price at all because last week he was 6,700. He's been he's been at least 6,700 because Chubb was out for five straight weeks now. And even, you know, in week three, when Chubb was playing, he was up in the 6K range. So this is this is interesting. Baker's not throwing the ball. He's got 12 completions in three straight games. They're going to run the rock. Both of these guys can get theirs. Yeah, I really like that call. I kind of skipped over him when I was looking this morning at $5,600. It doesn't seem right because a couple weeks ago, they both hit the century mark on the ground. You know that any catches through the air, it's, you know, between the two backs is really going to go to hunt. I love Chubb at 71, but you know, if you want to come off of him, save some cash because the ownership that you're going to get is, is going to be lower with, with Kareem hunt for sure. I actually like Belage too. I know it's Belage and 
he's he's not a great running back. But if Eckler's not going to play, Jackson's still on IR, and Kelly stinks. Balaj has touched the ball 23 times in back-to-back weeks, Pat, and he's getting all the, the usage through the air that, you know, you would expect Eckler to get and that Kelly got three weeks ago. Everything is going through him. It's a high pace, up-tempo offense. They're chucking a lot. It's could be a, it could be a shootout there. And I like Balazs. Uh, he's pretty interesting because you know all the work is going to go to him. He is. He is expensive on this. I'd ra- I mean, I would rather play Hunt than Chubb just throw the prices out. I think that he's a better play this week. And it wasn't just the three in a row he got while Chubb was on the sidelines. We fast forward to later in the game. All of a sudden, Hunt is the one still yeah. getting all the goal line work. So I think that does mean something. And the fact that he's better with Chubb back in the lineup is kind of hilarious, considering we all we were, we were so gung-ho the moment Chubb went down. It's like, oh my God, is Kareem Hunt a top five fantasy running back? Turns out he wasn't. Turns out he's exactly the same. But he might even <laughs> be more efficient now that Nick... Let Nick Chubb beat them down in between the tackles a little bit. Yeah. And use your speed to your advantage. Uh, Chubb is all kind of like in the Derrick Henry camp, along with Josh Jacobs at the same time. Like it's tough. Derrick Henry's sort of an outlier with all of this because he scores so many touchdowns and he can have those three touchdown games. Jacobs is kind of the minier version of that it doesn't happen quite as often. It just doesn't happen for Chubb like, unless he breaks the seventy-yard touchdown. I don't want to say that he's useless. He's not, but he's overvalued every week. Yeah, you are right because he's not catching any passes. I mean, he's got four, he's caught four balls all year, but he has four games with 100 yards. So, yeah, I agree. I'd like him. Obviously, I wish he'd be a little bit more involved through the air. There's a lot of backs like that. Remember, I mean, Drake only missed the one game and Chase Edmonds came in and you just expected, oh, Chase Edmonds is going to be a top five back. I mean, the volume was there, but more of a guy that I, I guess he comes in on third down roll and is just, you know, you temper expectations a little bit. You bring back the touches and he's more efficient in the offense. Alexander Madison had an opportunity like that when, when cook was out and he, he couldn't do anything either. So sometimes these guys are just better when they come in and, you know, in third down roles. And, you know, like you said, Chubb just tears down the, the defense. That's what we saw last week. It looked like a brutal first half for him against the Eagles who had allowed over hundred rushing yards in six straight games. And then all of a sudden he breaks one out and, you know, it's just, all of a sudden it's a 65 yard run and he's over the century mark. So yeah, I get that. Hunt is a good pro- Hunt, Hunt is a good price at fifty six, but there's not a lot of guys I like in this range, Pat. I mean, I don't like Melvin Gordon against the Saints. Gus Edwards, I'm not going to go in on that chalk. I, I, I'm not totally interested in that. So, Henderson so, against San Fran. So so, here, so here's what you can do if we're just trying to mine touches. So you have Geo who popped up the concussion on Wednesday, so now he's like yeah. doubtful to play. So I liked him at fifty seven hundred dollars, but now you have Samaje P Ryan who is yeah. free essentially and is the only running back basically left in Cincinnati. Uh, it yeah. seems like Brandon Allen might start for the Bengals now. So instead of, uh, like, it's it just... Right, it, Finley, it, yeah. It, it, I, it's all up in the air, but, but it's 4000 bucks. <laughs> like, Edwards yeah. is going to be chalky. Sure, he's 5200 bucks. But if Gaskin doesn't play, you have Salvan Ahmed at 5100 bucks. Like, he's going to get all the touches. Wayne Gallman's going to get all the touches for the Giants at 5000 against Cincinnati. Like, there are guys down here that you can use. No Rex Burkhead against Arizona, a high-paced team. If they fall behind early, James White is only $4,500. I think you could take two of these guys from the lower end, and it allows you free access to Dalvin Cook if you want it. Yeah, so that's where I was going to go, actually, a little bit lower into that 4K range. Yeah, James White, we just saw his his basically his best game since week two, no Burkhead. You're absolutely right, because Michelle and Harris are not going to catch passes. It's going to be an up-tempo game. 
James White checked a lot of boxes last week in terms of just snaps, his targets. It was the James White of old, nine targets, six grabs. And I would expect him to get four or five catches in this game, to be honest with you. I mean, Patrick Peterson may be on Bird or he could be on Myers. And, you know, according to our wide receiver cornerback matchup, it's it's actually a tough one. It looks like he's going to be on Patrick Peterson, Myers, that is. So it, it could just mean a few more dump offs for James White. But P. Ryan was a guy anyways, Pat, that was trending up in this offense, even with Geo getting touches. I mean, he has 12 carries over his last two games. He's been involved through the air. I know it's <laughs> this is the time of the year. We're talking about Balaj and P. Ryan and Gallman and Ahmed and just Average, average running backs, but the volume and the opportunity is completely there. Ahmed caught five balls last week. I know Perry was on the field a lot, but that was in the final drive. I would expect this is a game that they can control a little bit better against the Jets, and he's another guy that I think will touch the ball 20 times. Gallman is pretty interesting. If you look at the, the efficiency, it hasn't been there, but catches out of the backfields. He really took over from Freeman. A few weeks ago against the Eagles, he caught five balls. He's, I, I feel like he's had a touchdown in four straight games. Yeah, four straight games, five TDs over that span. Getting targets out of the backfield. I like this Giants offense this week against the Bengals. So do I. And that's going to be the biggest problem because I like Daniel Jones. I like the receivers. Yeah. Uh, do I then want to play Wayne Gallman? as a kind of like a pivot off of that. I think I'll just probably end up stacking the passing game and maybe bring it back with P Ryan. If that's my game stack and I have P Ryan who, listen, I have no idea how this backfield is. I don't have any idea of how he's going to do, but he's a $4,000 running back that I might be able to play. That could have 25 touches, which is, is fine. And if it gives me Dalvin cook and top end receivers, then I don't feel so bad about it at the same time, too. I maybe even pay up a tight end on this slate. Uh, and it depends on what game stack that you want to go to, because I really do feel like the Chiefs and Bucks are going to be the stack everyone is on, justifiably. It's like a 56.5-point total game. The only yeah. other running back from down here, I can't do it, but I've heard the buzz about it, and I get it, I just won't do it, is Frank Gore. <laughs> yeah, no, not for me either. No, no chance. Uh, what are you looking for? Last week was the ceiling game from from Gore. What, fifteen points? Yeah, he has to find the end zone. He's not going to catch any passes. If they're down, they just show that you know Ty Johnson is going to be the guy to to catch a few balls out of the backfield. So I can't do it either. I mean, I I played him. I'm going to have to play him in a season long league. That's absolutely enough for me. I'm you know, I'm not spending my money on on Frank Gore, but I do think that he will touch the ball fifteen times. It's that's pretty much a lock. I mean, that's going to happen. He's going to get the goal line work if, it, if they get down there. But, yeah, it's not for me. I'd much rather P. Ryan. Is Kamara playable at this price with Hill at quarterback? Because I don't think that he is. I don't think that he is either. But if you're looking to be contrarian, now is the time. I mean, yeah, he just yeah, had but his first I th- game I th- ever I th- without I a think, catch. I think it's too contrarian at this point. I, I just, I, It's not that I think he'll have zero catches moving forward, but so much of this price is baked into the fact that he gets, like, eight targets a right. game and now we just yeah what's the maximum amount of targets he's going to see against denver four is probably his ceiling and it's more likely like one yeah and the defense is playing unbelievable and they got locked this week who's a turnover machine nobody's turned the ball over more than denver this year so they're going to rely on their defense and if they get up it's going to be latavius running the rock that's how i truly feel you have to go all the way back i think to 2017 to see alvin Kamara's last 100-yard game on the ground. I think he only has three in his career, Pat. So you're right. This price is baked into him catching seven or eight passes like he did when Michael Thomas wasn't there. And you have to be really encouraged if you're a Michael Thomas fan or just a Saints fan in general, the fact that Taysom Hill just got Thomas involved. Everything was to him, a couple deep shots down the field, which I thought he underthrew, but 
uh, he looked pretty good throwing the football in general. So I agree. I think last week was a little, he only played about 51% of the snaps. I think his injury had something to do with it in the way that the game script kind of went out, but don't you feel like the game script's going to be the exact same? It's going to be probably a similar score, 24 to three or 24 to 10. And they just control the game. So there are two things with Kamara that really bother me here with his price point. One is the lack of targets and the lack of receptions to build that floor and give him extra ways to score. The other one is you talk about the snap count and this potential injury that he could have. So we could see him head to the bench in the second half. They jump up. I do think that playing Latavius Murray is a choice that they're making right now with Taysom Hill, at quarterback to try to divvy everything up, show a few different looks. So let's say it swings back to the normal Kamara 70% of the snaps. That's fine. And, Latavius goes back to the bench. The biggest thing here is it's Taysom Hill who's stealing carries from these guys. And almost like the Buffalo Bill situation, we just saw Hill is not scared to call his own number at the goal line, which severely decreases his upside. Absolutely. hundred percent. Yeah. I think a lot of us over at FTN hit that anytime touchdown plus three ten. Kevin Adams had any two touchdowns. <laughs> it's like eight to one, I think good on him, but you're right. There were no design runs for Taysom Hill in the first half, but we know that that's what he's going to do. It was just John Payton, I think, showing, you know, listen, you don't think that this guy can throw the ball down the field? Watch. He's going to throw the ball down the field. And then later on, especially in the fourth quarter, he was starting to run. You're absolutely right. He's going to call his own number because he can. It's easy. It's easy for him to get in. Easier for him to get in than to hand it off to Latavius or to dump it off to Kamara. It's, it's absolutely old school Cam Newton and Josh Allen. I agree with you 100%. Um, are you in on Taysom? I know we're talking backs, but as a quarterback play this week, or do I think that the saints can win with Taysom Hill? No, I, as a quarterback play, yeah, probably not. No, everyone is really going to be on him this week. Yeah. Last week was the week to play him because he got the salary bump. Yeah. What is he at now? He's at at 62. 62? Yeah. I think I can find better spot. Like I'd probably want to go cheaper or more expensive to really tackle those really high total games and this one just isn't it just seems like a really like sloggy type game and he'd have to replicate exactly what he did last week exactly. too in order to hit that number he just did it that um, maybe that's his level uh, I would guess that he's probably somewhere below that so it's just a decent week for me I think to fade him wide receivers yeah. here's a here's a question Hopkins isn't practicing Kyler Murray's banged up they're probably both going to play no one is playing either one on DraftKings and they're both maybe the best p- players at their position yeah, I, Pat, I feel like this is, I don't know, man. I watch your shows every single week and I don't hear a lot of people. I feel like you've said this to every one of your guests. Why don't we just play Kyler Hopkins? And, and I have this conversation with Kyle Murray too. His ownership projections, it's always like, I always ask him, where's Hopkins and why isn't he ever in the top 10? Like nobody's ever thinking about Hopkins, even though he's arguably the best wide out in football. He gets a lot of the usage, a lot of the targets. This week he got, you know, you see the cornerback matchup and you see, oh, Stefan Gilmore. But Gilmore hasn't been good this year. Even before the injury, he hadn't been good. And Hopkins can take any corner. He can absolutely win any single matchup. I play Kyler every single week. He, I mean, he let me down on the Thursday night football game, but that's it. And what, and even that game for Kyler, 20 points. So that's his floor. He just showed us that is his floor, 20 DK points. I love them. I play them every single week. I stack those two up. I usually get involved with Christian Kirk as well. Those are three guys that I always like to play, and I see him up at 8-2. 
you see the shoulder injury. Everybody saw it on prime time. You're, you're absolutely dead on with both of those guys. They're actually my favorite stack. And I don't think that, you know, they're going to be owned. Everyone's going to go to Josh Allen and Diggs or Herbert or Allen. This is a stack that's going to be absolutely underrated. I, again, I love Kyler. You got that nice solid rushing floor. I think he's a stud. The hardest part is actually who do you bring it back with on the New England side? Do you go back to Jacoby Myers? White. I would say it's probably Jacoby Myers after everyone was on him last week, didn't perform. He's still, I mean, maybe that Demir Bird is a bigger part of this offense. And maybe with Nikhil Harry back, that all of a sudden his target share isn't going to be 45%. Well, I don't need it to be 45%. I need it to be like 25%. And if that's the case, he can ravage this inside part of the defense of the Cardinals. And and again, no one's going to want to use him. Here's the thing with Hopkins. He's kind of following into Julio Jones syndrome where he's great, but but no, it's not even no touchdowns. It's he's great, but people only ever focus on the bad part of it, not the good part of it. And I, I was dead wrong on Hopkins coming into the year. I thought he'd be far more inconsistent than this, but if you just look at the points that he's posted, it's been crazy, but it's like, Lately, it's been off again, on again, off again, on again. This would be an on again week if we look at it because he went 32, 21, 27, 11, 28 DraftKings points. Those are the first five weeks of the season. Then 9, 28, 6, 29, 10. Now we're in this week. So if it's going to be a situation where I always play Tyreek Hill, regardless if he's under 5% owned, I think that Hopkins is going to be under 5% owned. Yeah, I agree. And if you look at that game log, isn't it interesting? The the games that he went off is the games that nobody really wanted to play. Exactly. Him, like against, right? <laughs> Buffalo? Oh, I can't play him against Tredavious White. No chance. I'm not going to roll him out there. I will roll him out against Seattle and he gets 10 points. I will roll him out against Miami. He gets six points. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm totally with you, man. The targets have been there. And Kyler, I agree with you. At the start of the year, I was a little uneasy. I liked Kyler. I, I thought he could, you know be a top five quarterback, just like everybody else. But I was a little hesitant to say that Hopkins was a lock and loaded top three wide receiver after like Thomas and Adams. I was like, okay, you know, starting to make excuses, like get Julio in there or, or anybody else like, like Hill, like you mentioned, but yeah, I Hopkins I'll be playing and I'm, I'm looking at Kyle's ownership right now. And every single week I see below 10 every single week. And for someone with that kind of upside, my biggest detraction from DeAndre Hopkins coming into the year is that I thought that Cliff Kingsbury would really spread it out more, that we'd see more inconsistency, not to take anything away from Hopkins, who's amazing, but using him as not necessarily a decoy, but knowing that the coverage is going to shift towards him would allow Christian Kirk and potentially Andy Isabella or Chase Edmonds. And we have seen some of that. The hardest part, you can't really, you can triple stack with Kyler Murray and like use a Christian Kirk or someone else. The issue is, is Mm -hmm. so much of his equity is tied up in his rushing touchdowns that you want him to have one of those games. Therefore, you don't want to use a third person. You want to find the guy he's throwing all the touchdowns to and then hope he runs a few in. And then you're not left with the other guy holding the bag who has like two points. Yeah, he's got a rushing touchdown in basically every single game he's played this year. So yeah, there's, there's that threat. And Yeah, I mean, you could do potentially Chase Edmonds, but I think that's getting a little too cute. You know, he had a receiving touchdown last week. He's had a couple this year. We all know that, you know, he's getting the usage out of the backfield. But Kenyon Drake finally had the the goal line touch on Thursday night football, and and he ran it in. So, yeah, you're right. But I still find myself, you know, throwing Kirk in because there just seems to be at least one bomb a game where they try. They tried at least once, and they've hooked up a couple times. I think he has two 40-yard touchdowns. That's among the top, near the top in, in all of football. So there is 
usually one shot down the field, but he's been throwing a Larry Fitz quite a bit lately. I'm not suggesting to play Fitzgerald because there's just no upside with him. He does, he doesn't get used at all inside the red zone, but he showed up a couple times over the past couple weeks and how you attack the Patriots is in the middle of the field in the slot, but Hopkins can still kind of play that role, even though he's not in the slot. Like they have that out route all day if they want it. So the rest of the receivers, Keenan Allen is now up to $8,000. Then it's Tyreek, Stefan Diggs, Thomas Ridley. That is your level. Adam Thielen's still on the COVID list right now, but that does not mean that he is out, uh, at least by my understanding, that he can still potentially play at home against Carolina this week. So he is $6,800. A.J. Brown, I don't think Julio's going to play, and I'm not playing Julio if he does because he might just come back in for one play and limp off the field again. Then Jefferson, DJ Moore, Deontay Johnson, Robbie Anderson, Mike Evans, Chase Claypool, Chris Godwin, they're all in that like $6,000 to $6,300 range. I have a feeling that people are going to like Cooper Cup uh, and Robert Woods coming <laughs> off the games that they just had. I'm kind of interested with Teddy B back at quarterback, even just trying to really pinpoint that game. Because if you're going to play Dalvin Cook on one side, you have to expect that they're up and they're running. A lot of people are going to play Jefferson, uh, especially with Thielen maybe not playing or they'll just triple stack that side. Robbie Anderson really looks good to me here with Teddy Bridgewater back. He is so due to score more touchdowns. It's kind of crazy. And, and that's all you hear, right? Is that Robbie Anderson hasn't scored a touchdown since what week one. Does he have one touchdown, but yeah. he's, he's in the top 10 in receiving yards. DJ Moore is in the top five in receiving yards. Both of these guys have terrific matchups. I, I am totally on the same page with you. I have DJ Moore in a lot of lineups going up against Chris Boyd. You know, our wide receiver cornerback matchup says that Boyd has a, his, his catch rate is 78%. And then for Robbie Anderson against Cameron Dantzler, 72%. So these are just primetime matchups for both of them. And Curtis Samuel is, as well in the slot has got a great matchup. All three of them, you're, you're kind of playing that game, which one, but there's been times this year where all of them have, you know, flirted with double digit targets. It's just about finding the end zone and finding the touchdown. So if I had to choose between the three, it may be Robbie Anderson because he's going to have the the lower ownership of the three. It's going to be, I, I find myself not playing Curtis Samuel at all. I mean, I, I've missed the boat there over the past couple weeks. I seem to always fade him. I'm like, no, nah, I'm not going to play this guy where I feel like he's going to get five or six touches. You know, some of them seem to come in the red zone and he's been capitalizing on those touches. But for me, it's, it's Anderson. And then it's DJ Moore. I more just sneakily is like I said, top five in receiving yards. He just, he's that they're using him differently than they used him last year, which is a little frustrating as a deep ball guy. But I, I if, even if Teddy doesn't play, I like them both. I think I would like them less if Teddy doesn't play. I mean, this is a revenge. I, I thought PJ, I thought Walker was okay last week. He was okay, but I, those inter- those, throw any touchdowns, those but. crippling interceptions were so brutal. <laughs> That like, I just don't know what he was doing. Yeah. Well, XFL star. There's a and, few quarterbacks out there like that now that you, you watch them and you don't know what they're doing. That's true. And I, I, if I'm, if I'm going to say like DJ Charks <laughs> to play with Mike Glennon at quarterback, uh, that's probably now. I'm kind of defeated. No Denzel own. Ward, though. No, no Ward. I, no I, Ward. No, okay. no, no Ward. No Garrett, man. It's yeah. Good. Actually, I, that could be okay, Chark. I actually just think you play James Robinson if you're going to do it. Yeah. I mean, Robinson every week. Every time I do the touches and targets article at FTN every Monday. He's he's always he's always been in the top five in terms of just as you know the snaps are nearly a hundred percent, eighty percent's a lock and all the usage all the work. But I think Glennon, I think Glennon will help this offense a little bit. All Mike Glenn hasn't done is won a football game. He's not going to win one this week, but he made Chuck. We've seen him before, Chuck with Tampa. Do we? Right. Do we think Darnold's going to be back ever? 
I don't think I think Flacco's better for this offense. Sorry, Tim. Right? He's throwing the ball down the field. Mims is showing up. Sam's not making wasn't making those throws. I think actually Flacco is better for this offense. I thought their offense was okay um, last week. Then you know some garbage time points, but Denzel Mims is a DraftKings aside. I mean, he's cheap again this week. He checks in under 4K. I think he's a really good wide receiver. He's a big body wide receiver who can go up and get it. And Flacco can do one thing, and that's rip it down the field. And they've been they've been hooking up. He had 271 air yards last week. Denzel Mims. He ain't getting that with Sam Darnold under center. The the issue is Xavier Howard's going to shadow one of Perriman or Mims. I'm guessing it's Perriman making Mims a better play, but I have no concrete evidence to support that's actually going to happen. That's just my prediction. That and if somehow Darnold ends up playing, I love Crowder at fifth. Crowder, yeah, bucks. yeah. Especially he's been so disappointing without Sam Darnold, right? Yeah, yeah it's I, I see Crowder ranked highly, and it's like, nah, that's, that hasn't been the connection with Flacco even a couple weeks ago. When Crowder had a touchdown, he only had two catches, and that touchdown came in the red zone. You're you're dead on, I think. You know, according to our our tools and what Jeff Reckliff, you know, throws out there, Howard should be on Mims, and even Byron Jones, who's been pretty decent this year, um, he's going to be on Perriman. So that leaves Crowder with the the matchup, the the plus matchup out of all three of these guys with Nick Needham in the slot. So if it is Sam Darnold, I think you can go back to just assuming that. He's just going to rely on Crowder and he's going to get double digit targets because that's normally what we see on an average basis. He gets about 25% of the target share with with Sam Darnold under center. The offenses I'm having a difficult time figuring out this week the Bucks offense, the Rams offense, the Steelers offense. I just find it hard to play. Like you're either committed to that stack or you don't play the guys. It's a really weird situation. I think I'll. I think I'm going to fade that Pittsburgh Baltimore game altogether, which is crazy because I'd liked it on the DraftKings slate. I thought it was going to be underrated. I didn't think a lot of people would go to it, but now with all these games on the slate, I just don't have any interest. I definitely don't have any interest in, in Baltimore side of things besides maybe Andrews, but last time Pittsburgh played Baltimore, they won, but they won on their defense. Big Ben couldn't do anything at all in the first half. If you look at Deontay Johnson, that was a game he left late. And when he plays in games, uh, the six games he's played in, he's averaging double-digit targets and nearly 20 fantasy points. But that was a game that he was completely just shut out. And even though Baltimore has a ton of COVID issues and injuries on defense, I'm still not confident that Ben can come in and and just – Chuck and Chuck successfully. If I had to choose between one of the three, I would choose Juju in this spot, but he's not a hundred percent. So, I mean, if you had to choose, I guess you go Claypool guys got 10 touchdowns. He just keeps the score, keeps scoring every single week, but that's an offense that I don't want anything to do on the other side. KC Tampa, you're watching it, man. Brady loves Antonio. He just loves Antonio. He, 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 it sucks but, but, for Chris Godwin. But that's the thing. Like Chris Godwin still outperforms him in fantasy every week. Well, I, I don't know if he did last week. He did. I guess, yeah, he yeah, got he the did. touchdown at the end. Yeah. Um, but but he still, I feel like he still throws AB's way more than anybody else. But when they get down to the red zone, it's Mike Evans, right? It's just, and when you see Mike Evans, like, yeah, he's got nine touchdowns on the season. He only has two games with over 20 DraftKings points. You have to go all the way back to week four. And, and he's got a touchdown in three of his last four games, and he still doesn't have over 20 DK points in those games, like 15 points, 16 points. I don't want to spend, you know, it's only 6K, but I don't want to spend that on on Mike Evans. Those big blow-up games, they're just not there. So I do think that people are going to look at the air yards and use Mims because he's so cheap. I like Kaderil Hodge at 
$3,200. He's starting on the outside for the Browns. The Jags have no one left on defense. If you need a salary saver, that's your guy at 32. But we talked about Daniel Jones earlier. Slayton's 49, Shepard's 51. Just use those two. Yeah, why is Shepard so cheap? People just hate this offense. (laughs) I get it, but you look at the game log from Shepard, and over at FTN Bets, every single week, I have him there. His catch prop is three and a half. Three and a half. Six catches last week. Six, yeah, eight, at least six. six. Yeah. In every game but two, and the or every game but one. And that was week two when he left with an injury early. And he was, I watched that game. And I had another catch prop on him. He had four targets and two catches, basically in a half. And he was going to be well on his way to, to get six catches. So every single week, it's double digit points. It's cheap. I like Jones this week. He's he's fairly cheap, and I agree. That's probably why I'm not going to play Gallman because I'm going to be involved here. Tate is cheap too, but I, I don't think there's any there's no need of it. I think Slayton is the deep threat guy. And, and, and I think you can go to Shepard. Is this a guy that's going to get six catches again? Now we have some other options Like you could go to Nelson Aguilar. If you wanted, that's not going to be for me, but he's a viable play. Uh, Watkins at 47 is probably going to be the unknown piece of that chief's offense. He's coming back from injury. You mentioned Perriman a little bit earlier. Other than that, I don't really see it with anyone else down here. Do you? No, uh, Reynolds, Pitt, maybe. No, nah, I'd, you know, I'd, I'd find the money to play Pittman if that was going to be the case. Yeah. Yeah. Pittman is, I love Pittman. I think he's, I think he's a great wide receiver. The one thing that, I mean, 11 different people caught a pass with Indy last week. The ball's really spread out. Jonathan Taylor led the team in catches with four, but yeah, if there, if there's a guy, I guess in this range that you can say, Hey, he's, he's likely to score a touchdown. It's, it's probably him. It's probably Pittman. Um, there's not like Mims, Tate, I guess, KJ Hamler. I just don't really see where the upside is, where the ceiling is for for Hamler. So there's, yeah, I and mean, really there's not a lot here that I that I love. If you wanted to use my theory on Arizona that they're pretty susceptible to the pass, and you do believe that Nikhil Harry is going to be a bigger part of this offense, and they could be trailing in this game, he's only thirty four hundred dollars. I don't like him just because I don't like Nikhil Harry. But that is a pretty good price for the potential upside that comes along with it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, he's a guy that I watch, and I, I can't believe that he was he was drafted as high as he, as he was. But eight targets and five grabs last week is is hard to ignore. And if you look at the first couple weeks of the season, he was getting a lot of targets. He had 18 targets over his first two games, 13 grabs. I mean, the target share over his first three weeks is right around 33%. And that's why Myers has gotten all the usage that he's got over the past couple of weeks is because Nikhil Harry wasn't around and Julian Edelman is still sidelined. So I, I could get behind that because they're going to have to throw. Kyler's going to – I would expect Arizona to get to that 24 mark, at least point mark, and they could – they can get up to 30 and cam last week. He, you know, he showed that he, you know, he had that nice passed bird down the field. He had over 350 yards passing. So I could get behind that one. It's, it's not totally for me, but if we are just looking for somebody in this range, right, you got to take a shot and that's a high total game. That's, that's a good shot to take. I mean, I'd rather that one than KJ Hamler, but Hamler has, you know, 26 targets in his past two games. It's just, he's not the deep threat guy in this offense. And I just don't think that they'll score touchdowns. I have, a, you know, I, I think we can predict more touchdowns for cam and, and the Patriots than drew lock and Denver. 
Bird is in it's a revenge game for Bird. A lot of revenge games it this is. week. We need Teddy B to play to really stick it to Minnesota. But <laughs> if you were to go to the top as a one-off, and that's really kind of the issue here outside, like even if it's Hopkins, you're probably not going to play Hopkins just by himself. You're probably not going to play Keenan Allen just by himself. It's going to be Herbert and Allen, or it's going to be Murray and Hopkins. Is there anyone from the top that you can see just using by themselves? Maybe Ridley. I don't. I don't I, really I, want to play. Matt I don't Ryan. want if Julio Jones sits. I don't want a single piece because of the yeah of this offense the only one that i might consider just because he's so cheap and it looks like Todd Gurley might sit this week that brian hill's four thousand bucks and he had more snaps last week as you know than Gurley for the for the first time all year um so yeah i i could see that the one-offs there really isn't much like i don't play Tannehill when aj brown maybe but like if if brown goes off Tannehill probably has a decent day but I'm more interested in, in Derrick Henry. So actually I'm not even really totally interested in Derrick Henry this week. This is just a game I'm, I'm not in on at all, which maybe that's, maybe that's wrong of me because the last time these, these two teams played Tennessee and Indy, there were some fireworks towards the end of the game. Like it's a decent matchup for, for rivers to be able to, you know, at least maybe just throw a couple touchdowns. And if they get up, then maybe Tannehill has to throw the ball. But I, I, I look at the one-offs at the top, there's not a really a lot that stand out. You're right. Like Diggs, you probably want to pair him up with with uh, Josh wow. Allen and Hill. You definitely want to pair him up with Mahomes. So, yeah, maybe a feeling. Maybe a feeling plays. Yeah, I can see. Just, people will be off of him solely because it looked like he was going to miss the week throughout the entire yeah. course of the week. That maybe you can get an ownership discount because everyone's kind of locked into playing Jefferson at the moment because they're presuming that Thielen is going to sit. So that's an interesting case to be made. Yeah, eleven touchdowns leads leads all wideouts. You know that he's a red zone threat. So yeah, I could get behind Thielen as a one off. Tight ends, Kelsey. And if it's yeah. not Kelsey, who do you pay down for? <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing, right? <laughs> You're dead on. If it's not Kelsey, who do you pay down for? I, ah, man, I, I get mixed up sometimes with some of these Colts tight ends. You but know I'll what? Probably avoid. Them just, all. just say screw it. Play Jordan Reed at thirty six. Yeah, yeah. Why that, not? I, I think that those are the two plays. You either play Kelsey, unless you're using a tight end again as a part of a triple stack where you end up with Ingram in it or Herbert, Keenan, and Henry. That kind of thing. I think just objectively, you're playing like a tight end isolated. You play Kelsey by himself. Or you play Jordan Reed by himself. That's yeah, it. <laughs> no, and even Waller. I don't like Waller because of what I said earlier. I just think it's going to be the Josh Jacobs show. I think Jacobs is going to get just a ton of work on the ground and all the goal line work, and it's just going to be it's going to be him scoring the touchdowns. Yeah, you're you're, you're dead on. I'm going to have a lot of Kelsey this week. It's interesting. I've found all year. Like I play a lot of cash, which is boring. But I've I played. Kelsey Hill and Mahomes in back-to-back weeks than when they had the easiest matchups impossible and nobody played them. And I don't even know, even in a high total game against, against Tampa, I don't even know if people are going to play these guys. Like I was playing head to heads with Mahomes, Hill and Kelsey. And nobody was playing these guys against the jets against teams that they could just roll. And nobody had, nobody wanted anything to do with them. I think people are just, they don't, they're looking for value so much especially at tight end that they don't want to spend up for a guy like Kelsey. And every single week he just eats like 20, 20 DK points per game. I had like, a, where else are you looking? I, I had a pretty big DK week two week or three weeks ago when the chiefs played the Panthers. I just stacked up that game with the Mahomes side of yeah. it. And it, they were all like under 5% owned. Nobody like, played them. Perfect. This is great. 
that's super strange to me. I, I don't understand it. I like Ingram and, and Henry in that range. You, you mentioned them. You brought them up. Those are the only two I like in that that 4K range. I'm not going to go to Fant, Gasecki. No, I'm not interested. Smith, I'm not interested in these guys at all. I just think there's more there's more of an opportunity for like a targets, at least for Henry and, and Ingram to maybe get seven or eight targets. I just don't feel confident that any of these other guys like Smith, Fant, Ebron are going to get into that usage range. But you're right. Jordan Reed... Coming off the bye, you know, he played a little bit more in terms of snaps week 10 than he did week nine. You know, what are you looking for at the tight end position? What he's done when he's played touchdowns, five, six grabs. They're still dealing with some injuries. We don't know if I, last time I checked, Ayuk was on the COVID list. Don't know if he's going to play still up in the air. If Debo is going to return this week, I don't even know if Mostar is going to play. There's still a lot of question marks in this offense. We know that Jordan Reed is at least going to play. Yeah. Don't know if he's going to finish, but he's going to play. Yeah, he'll get in his, like, just eight routes, and we'll see if his knee holds up or his hamstring holds up or however this is going to end up working. Stacks. Or let's just talk about independent quarterbacks first. I think that Daniel Jones is probably my favorite value play of the week. I actually kind of like Baker Mayfield as well. Baker's been dealing with this shit weather over and over and over. Mm. Everyone's just on. Baker sucks so much. This is such a good matchup. It should be pretty good weather. It might rain a little bit in Jacksonville, but not to the extent where it's like frigid like it's been with the Browns. And this is, like I said, a fantastic matchup. You could use Hodge to pair him up with. You could even potentially use Hunt in that circumstance as well. And that's like 1% ownership on Baker. Yeah, Baker is interesting. I had this talk last night with was Jeff Feinberg on the Jeff Feinberg show. Imagine that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, he uh, we both talked about Baker. We talked about Cleveland for a second. We were talking about games that we liked. And, you know, I like the Browns to go in. I think they're six and a half point favorites. I, I think that they that they win this game pretty easily. My one fear is all the running in, in the second half. But I think that they could. This is a spot where they could maybe just take it, you know, let Baker throw the football a little bit more because like I said, 12 completions in each of the last three games, you look at his game log. There's only two games this year where he's thrown the ball at least 30 times. And those were in shootouts and games that they were behind. Probably not going to be the case this week, but it is a scenario where listen, Baker doesn't have a touchdown in three straight games. And the one before that was on the road and he threw five. So maybe let's go to Baker. Maybe they can, maybe they'll let him throw the ball a little bit more. If they can get up in the game, get some confidence, you know, have him chuck the rock. He's not my favorite quarterback, but I can see that. I I would pair him up with, you know, Hodge is interesting. I would pair him up with either Hooper or if you want to get completely nuts, like you said, just go Baker and hunt that. You're right. That's a combo that nobody's going to have. And it's a cheap one. I I just like it. They're using Hodge down the field. That is the guy that is actually looking for. Like Landry is useless. So, oh, yeah, and Hodge is 3,200 bucks. So if you want to save all of the money to build a super team, I still much prefer Daniel Jones in that range. I don't even know if he's use Baker, but I think that's the he's just interesting coming in at such low ownership. And that game total is 49. Uh, a lot of really high game totals this week. I, the one problem with stacking the Giants is that's the lowest game total on the slate at 43. Like that's 43. Saints Broncos is 43 and a half. If we're looking for like the game where the point should materialize 56 game total for chiefs and bucks 54 game total for raiders and falcons panthers and vikings are at 51 chargers and bills at 53 those are probably the and i guess 51 and a half for the titans and colts we just wanted to go by vegas and see Mm -hmm. where the implied numbers are going to be those are the five games that you should really be targeting i Kind of got talked to that Teddy Bridgewater, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore look with Delvin Cook coming back. I think that's kind of interesting, but everyone wants to lay down the hammer with Mahomes or Brady here. I, it, do you have a feel for this game? Because I don't. 
Um, not, not totally, uh, for Tampa. I just, I have more of a feel for KC, especially what Carr was able to do against that defense last week. They were able to, to have some success, um, against KC. So you'd figure like Brady would have some, but I just have, I have more confidence in, in KC. I think that just every single week, Pat, it's just, they just get it done, man. It's they're not running a ton. Mahomes is throwing. Hill gets his every single week, and Kelsey. So I have a, I have more of a feel with with KC. I think they'll have a, a hard time running the football. And we saw last week Jared Goff. I mean, they couldn't get anything done on the ground. And usually, the game plan for Sean McVay, I'm sure, is to not have Jared Goff drop back 30 plus times and throw the football. And that was the game plan last week to just have him throw the rock and you saw Cooper cup, you saw Robert Woods. So I would expect some, a lot of chucking from Casey and Mahomes. So I have a, a stronger feel there. And like I said, it's just, you're, you're playing a guessing game with these Tampa wide receivers. I mean, I, I, I thought it was Brown. Then you bring up a good point that it was Godwin. And then Mike Evans is getting all the work inside the red zone. Neither running back has, has shown that they can catch the ball out of the backfield or have a lot of success running it. And Ronald Jones had a big week a couple weeks ago, but he had a 98 yard run. So I don't have a total feel, honestly. I it may I may fade the whole game in general, which is which is crazy to to even think about. I think people are going to overlook the the Chargers and Bills game. I think that that game will get get into the fifty five point range. Do you like the Allen stack side or the Herbert stack side? I like the Allen stack side because I think that I think the I, there's nothing wrong with Herbert now, and I like it. I like Henry too, but I think that's going to be the the chalkier one. I mean. Herbert every single week has been throwing three plus touchdowns, 300 yards. Allen is a target monster. He's coming off that huge game and bills. Sometimes I find like that team coming out of the bye is just a little forgotten about. And I, I think they've just been chucking. They've just been throwing more. A couple weeks ago, you heard Pete Carroll say, wow, I'm surprised that they abandoned the run. They didn't run at all. They haven't been running at all this year. They've been throwing a ton. So Diggs is right there every single week. Target wise. I don't know if, Smokey John Brown is going to play. He doesn't really practice throughout the week, but if he doesn't play, I think Beasley's in, in, in play. The last time we saw him was uh, against Arizona when Brown left early and he had 13 targets and 11 grabs, you know, the touchdown upside's not there, but at five, five, he could be a guy that catches seven or eight passes and, and returns value for you. Yeah. And he falls into that weird price point where he just seems too expensive for Cole Beasley, exactly. where people don't yeah. want to play him. And if Chris Harris hits, I think that's a very nice matchup for him. Let's talk about what defense. do you make of the, oh. sorry, what do you make of the, the Bengals offense? You just bucket completely off of it with Allen under center. If it's Finley, I don't hate Boyd, I guess. I yeah. think, I think that there could be value because who's Bradbury going to be on? It's not going to be Boyd. Because boy, no, it's, pro- it's probably going to be AJ. We don't want to play him anyways. I mean, it was probably going to be T Higgins would be my guess. It should be T Higgins, but I wouldn't be shocked if, if it was, I'm just taking a quick peek here. Now it's Bradbury, according to Ratcliffe, um, Bradbury on green. Yeah. On AJ. But that's, I that, think that also might not be a shadow situation either. It's just, I know no. that Boyd is going to avoid him and Boyd runs the shorter a dot routes. Um, yeah. He's just more of a possession guy that if he can sneak his way into the end zone, you know, no one's going to play him. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested, man. I like to light my money on fire. I, I usually uh, like to just try one lineup with the cheapest quarterback possible. I mean, Brian Allen at four, eight, and Boyd, which nobody's going to play at five, or Higgins at four seven. I, I, I would, looked at the three I, I, games. I, I would go the other way on that. I just use the Jones stack with the Giants and instead of bringing it back with P. Ryan, bring it back with Boyd. Yeah, yeah, 
yeah, I just feel like you should. I don't think that people should overlook Boyd just because of just because of Allen and Burroughs out and the offensive line stinks and maybe no Geo. I just feel like that may be a situation where people avoid this offense down the stretch, but they're still going to throw. They're still going to throw the ball a ton. They can't run it. They just don't have success running. They're going to be down in a lot of games. I think this offense may be a sneaky offense down the stretch here is just potential shootouts and having to throw. And I looked at the three games last year with Finley under center and Boyd actually had at least eight targets in two of the three. One game he had almost, I think it was nine catches and almost had a hundred yards. I think he's the safest. I think his role is solidified in the slot. And, and Allen showed last year, if it is him under center, Cortland Sutton had a couple decent games with him too with, with Denver. I think he's, I don't think he's that bad. Obviously he's not great to even be a backup with Finley came in under, but at $4,800 in a game that they're going to be down, I wouldn't be shocked, Pat, if either maybe even both, like we saw last week, Higgins and Boyd could both come away with 10 targets each. Potentially. I think now we're just trying to strip mine for... Have we gotten to the point where we're now on contrarian plays or just bad plays? Where <laughs> Maybe I, bad. That's usually where I usually live in the bad play side of things. But I, I, I like what you're talking about here. You're kind of selling me on it, which terrifies me because I'll end up having one of these stupid lineups. Paul, yes. Since we're on the topic of bad plays, why aren't we talking about Mike Glennon right now, 4,600? Mike Glennon, 4,600? Yeah. He's secret bald. Just don't forget, he's secret bald. He takes off that helmet. You're like, good Lord, this man is 70 years old. Yeah. Well, I'm going to I'm gonna play Chark. Well, did you, did you go, go Glennon, Chark, and bring it back with Hodge. You'll <laughs> save all the money. Build an all-star team. <laughs> Great show we got here. Great advice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, don't, don't, play play, don't play Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes. You want to play secret bald Mike Glennon and Baker Mayfield. <laughs> That's where you want to be. <laughs> I'd rather take a shot, honestly, on Allen or Glennon than, than Baker. I'm not totally interested in, in Glennon, but I like the, I like Paul throwing it out there because I, like we said earlier, there's some holes in this, in this Cleveland defense right now with no Denzel Ward. That's great news for DJ Chark. It is, and that might actually mean like a lean back towards the running game for both teams because like it's not like the Jags defense isn't completely decimated too. I think they yeah. put like five guys on injured reserve this week, so they might yeah. just this might be the fastest game in the history of the NFL. <laughs> Hopefully, it is. Just turn around, and hand the ball off five hundred fucking times. Defenses, yeah. man, a lot of intriguing ones. If you can get to the Saints D, I say get to the Saints D, but you know they're pretty expensive. Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. They're pretty expensive 3-8, but they're going to they're going to be number 1. They're going to be the number 1 scoring defense. I'm pretty confident in that. Watch uh, Drew Lock. You can't really be that you can't be that confident that any like what if the Bills random, what if the Bills randomly score two defensive touchdowns? Sure, randomly. But every single week Drew Lock turns the ball over. Every week Pat. They they lead the league in turnovers and Drew Lock just he throws a pick every week, man. It, I write up the Broncos report for the Denver Gazette as part of a relationship partnership with FTN and Denver Gazette. And I, it's almost like back in the day when you were doing the Mark Ingram Saints stuff, I'm just waiting for them to be like, yo, can you just ease up on drew lock a little bit? You're a little hard on lock. You, you never pick them to win. You always talk about all the turnovers. It's every week lock. You can't deal with pressure when they get in three wide receiver sets. He turns it over. Melvin Gordon sucks. They won't turn it over to Philip Lindsay. They they're not going to be able to run on the Saints. Nobody can run on the Saints. They're going to be forced to throw the ball. So 
I just, okay, maybe not a lock, but I am pretty confident that they're going to be in the top three in terms of scoring. They've really turned it up. I heard you when Brad Evans was on your show a couple weeks ago and you talked about the Saints and how they typically start slow and then they turn it up in the second half. This is exactly what you're seeing from their defense over the past few weeks. They've been great uh, over the past few weeks, creating turnovers, getting pressure. Like I said, they sacked Matt Ryan eight times last week. So if you can get up to them, I agree. But there's a... There's a lot of intriguing defenses here. I know we just kind of talked about the Browns game being, you know, a run heavy game, but if they get up in the game, you know, they could get some pressure on, on Jacksonville. And even without Garrett last week, they were able to get some sacks on, on Carson Wentz who, who just sucks. But anyways, um, there's a lot of intriguing defenses here. A lot of them in that mid range price. Who, Bengals, who, who is the Giants? Chief? Yeah, I know about the Giants. Yes. I don't know about the Bengals against the Giants. The one I had my eye on, and they're $2,600, so they're just no one's going to end up using them. But if the Rams really do want to pass that much, I don't hate the Niners. Sherman's going to be back this week, I think. Like Almost all of their defense is back, minus Bosa, who's out for the year. That defense is good. Yeah, that defense is good. I think that they'll go back to to running the rock. Like I, I, like I said last week, it was just a, let's just throw the football because we can't run it on Tampa. But... Yeah, Goff is always – I haven't really thought about the Niners, but Goff is is a guy that can – we know that he can turn it over a bunch. They they weren't really on my radar, to be honest with you. Um, what about what about the Raiders at 2-3? Don't, ha- don't hate the Raiders. I can see them becoming exceptionally popular, and I just think fading the chalky, cheap defense is just – just make that one of the Ten Commandments the way of playing DraftKings. Like, where we just talked about defenses being so highly variant that getting on, like, a 13% on Raiders defense is probably not the best idea. Like, you would have better success, honestly, every single week just pivoting over to, like, the Falcons at the same price, who suck, but, you know, yeah. kick, return, touchdown, all of a sudden they've tripled them in scoring. So What about... There, it was pivoting the, off. I, I was thinking from down here. I think the Vikings are weirdly set up to have a good game against the Panthers, only because I think they're going to face a lot of volume against. I would like the Jags if I thought that the Browns were going to yeah. throw the ball up. I don't think that they mm-hmm. will. So now I'm looking at like the Chargers at twenty four hundred bucks. Like Josh Allen's going to give you the ball once or twice. Yeah, yeah. They still have, even though they have a lot of injuries in their. In their secondary, they still have a few players who can can make some takeaways. And I do think that that is going to be a sneaky, you know, both teams throwing the football a lot. I don't think either team, are, they're going to run the ball all that often. So that's not bad. What about, um, I know this is back up near the top, but if, you know, if you think the Saints are going to be super popular at 3-8, you know, you mentioned the Niners. What about the Rams at 3-7? Nick Mullins is awful. Yeah, Nick Mullins. Do we even know if Nick Mullins is starting in this game? Now we don't know officially. That's I haven't heard much about any of these San Fran guys. It's right. It's just like is Mostert coming back? Is Debo? Is Ayuk? I, 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 I believe don't think it I, matters. I believe Debo is coming back. I think that's actually significant for their offense. Yeah, but if it's Mullins or Jimmy, I I think it's the same. Both yeah. both quarterbacks aren't very good. Yeah, the Rams are Rams are as you know legit D. They can get dial up pressure. You can't throw in these corners. I, I maybe that's the maybe that's the play just to kind of pivot off the Saints is like as a chalky play because I'm seeing on this slate there's enough value here that 
I don't know. You might be able to pay up for defense. Like, I'm not suggesting well, the Dolphins. I have no interest in them. I, I mean, I do. I do have a lot of interest in the Dolphins. Like, you get, you get yeah, get them up against Flacco, generating all the all those blitzes. Just play defenses against the Jets. It's going to turn out to be pretty good. I uh, just they're so expensive that it's really hard to get. It's not hard to get up to them, but I'd rather allocate that money elsewhere. I'm very curious. I'm doing the FTN live show at 7:30 p.m. Eastern time on FTN Daily with Kyle and Havi. So I'll get Kyle to run some of those projections by me in terms of ownership. And like, if I, I think it's, this is honestly a week to just do the pure ownership play at defense. Like if you want to lock in a cash game defense and you can get to the saints, do that at the mid level. I mean, if you're not doing a giant stack, I think giants defense actually does make a lot of sense. And underneath that, the one thing I don't like about the Rams is I think that regardless of who plays quarterback, because like you said, they're all pretty much even for San Francisco with Mostart and Coleman likely back that we're going to see a lot of running out of them. Yeah, well, that's usually their game plan. I agree. But how successful will they be to run the run the football against them? They're they're pretty stout defense. You can run against one. That's the one way you attack them. Yeah, yeah, you can. But not a lot of teams have had a ton of success running against them, and they'll st- they'll stack the box, and they'll know that that's going to be San Fran's game plan is is to run the rock, no matter who's the quarterback. I, I think that's going to be pretty obvious with no with no George Kittle. So I think I still like them as a as a defense that will be able to generate some pressure, stop the run, and maybe create a few turnovers. Um, would you go Chiefs? Just because Tom Brady stinks or what? I I was just looking at the Chiefs, and they generate so much pressure, and they're usually playing from ahead, forcing the other team to throw. I think that you can make a case if you just if you wanted to fade that game completely, like not knowing where to go or it's too expensive, and that's just the stand that you're taking. I don't think Chiefs D or Bucks D is a horrible idea. Yeah, I I think both could. I yeah, I would rather maybe Chiefs, but the Bucks D. The Bucks D is is legit. They're pretty good. They got some players who can make some plays, but again, it's Mahomes. He doesn't turn the ball over too often, and and they just always seem to have such a perfect game plan. I, Andy Reid was so jokes last week, and the and the comeback against the Raiders, like yeah, you know, well, I had a minute and a half left, and I have Mahomes, so it was pretty easy to get it done. Um, but it'll be a tougher matchup for them. I, I think the Chiefs could be could be pretty interesting, man. Maybe Tom Shook. You know, he's every time he tries to throw the ball down the field, he turns it over because in years past it was just dinks and dunks that's all it was it was that's how the offense ran now he has some weapons that he can throw the ball down the field and he can't hit them he's overthrowing guys he's he's missing reads i love that bruce Arians seems to call him out every single week that he makes these plays like they're completely on tom it's almost like he doesn't know the playbook (laughs) that'll do it it's weird on the pat mayo experience mean streets check it out wherever you download podcasts and subscribe to the ftn youtube page meaning you can follow on twitter at Chris Meany, hockey, basketball, baseball, Meany, it's all coming for you. I, I don't envy you whatsoever. I know. I was doing second base baseball profiles yesterday, and I was like, oh, my goodness. It's a lot of research just to figure out where guys went and, and what they did in the short and weird season that was MLB last year. But, yeah, it's, it's all happening. Just got to power through, get it, get it done. We could find out if hockey, when hockey's going to come back, it could be Jan 1. I'm, I'm going to step away a little bit from basketball. We have a lot of guys over at FTN who are a lot sharper than me when it comes to the hoops, but I'll be involved a little bit. But any hockey fan out there that, um, you know, they follow my work over at The Athletics, can be a lot of similar stuff over at FTN. Yeah, use code MAN, get yourself a discount when Sorry. Meanies 
premium package ends up coming up. The college basketball package is out right now. Hot day one. I, I mean, I don't watch college basketball or know anything about it. I just blindly tailed the bets at ftnbets.com and won a bunch of money. So, you know, I'm in. I paid for my subscription already. Uh, if you go to ftnbets.com, you can get the college basketball package right now. Some really sharp betters up there. Use code Mayo to get yourself a discount on that. My cheat sheet will be up on dkplaybook.com on Saturday. I'll be back Friday with a full injury report. So hopefully we have some more clarity on a lot of these situations and Sunday morning I'll be live with Brad Evans 10 a.m. Eastern Time on Mayo Media Network which you should subscribe to right now okay thank you all for watching play in the listeners league I'm Pat Mayo I'll see you next time without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.